1: Welcome to Sharp Lessons, everybody. He's the professor, Nate Jacobson. I'm Ben Wittenstein. We are Stadium's Sports Betting Podcast. Nate, it's Picks Friday. Got a lot of college football picks, NFL picks. I have an NBA pick. Uh, it's the uh, best day of the week.
0: Yeah, definitely. And looking forward to making picks for college football week 12 already. As there's two weeks left in the yeah. regular season. NFL week 11. So this feels like kind of like maybe the last... Not last hurrah, but next week with Thanksgiving holiday, we'll just be doing shows on Monday and Wednesday. Not sure how many picks we'll have on Wednesday. So this kind of is maybe not the last hurrah, but like the last full college football Friday. Because in two weeks, when we have our next Friday show, it'll be conference title games in college football, where instead of 40 to 50 games, there's like 10 or 12 games.
1: Yeah, but I'm starting to feel like it'll be Thanksgiving overindulging time. It might, be a, it might be next week a lot of picks to go through, so I'm excited about that. But we have a lot of picks for this weekend, too. we got college football. Um, we have some attractive underdogs in both college football and NFL. We have NFL best bets. Um, so let's get to it. Let's start with the weather report. What, uh, what should people be paying attention to across the country in terms of weather that may be affecting the spread?
0: The weather outside is weather. Yeah, there's actually a lot of things, and honestly, we – I to take five minutes talking about college football. So if you are going to bet a game, just look at that individual forecast for college football. I don't want to go over it all because there's, you know, it's this time of year (laughs) where it's cold. There's rain, potential snow in some spots. Maybe not snow on Saturday, but it's snowed around the country. But like just an example, Michigan State, Ohio State, weather in the 40s. So a chilly, chilly afternoon and even a game that I'm going to talk about later between Arizona State and Oregon State in Corvallis, late night, 7.30 Pacific kickoff, weather could dip into the 30s in the second half. So one of the reasons I like Oregon State in that game is Arizona State, a team from Tempe, has to go up to the Pacific Northwest for the second straight week in a row and play in cold conditions at night. So make sure to look at your specific game before betting it. But for the NFL, because there's less games, I think there's we can isolate a few more weather reports and, Looks like some rain in Tennessee, so be careful betting that game. Maybe if you're thinking about betting over, be uh, be a little cautious there. Chicago, chance of rain, weather in the 40s, which isn't too bad for this time of year. I think one of the bigger areas, though, to monitor is Colts, Bills in Buffalo, where there's a chance of rain, 80% chance right now, weather in the 40s wind in the double digits miles per hour wise so that could be an ugly game i'm not sure it might actually suit indianapolis a little bit more who likes to run the ball where buffalo relies on a on a passing attack and we have lions at browns where i mean it's nothing no surprise in cleveland this time of year that there's questionable weather and we saw so many wind <laughs> games in cleveland last year we even saw a few this year, potential wind games. This one, not a lot of wind, but definitely a chance of rain in Cleveland. I think that's why that total has gone down, other than the fact that the Lions might be starting Tim Boyle or David Blau instead of Jared Goff. So just some weather stuff to monitor. I think the area, the game that looks like the worst weather report would be Buffalo with the rain and the wind, but then also Tennessee, a good chance of rain, it looks like in Nashville on Sunday afternoon.
1: No snow just yet. It looked like we may have had some snow in, in Green Bay last week, but it really didn't. It was like before the game. Yeah. It really didn't affect it too yeah. much. Yeah,
0: it, it, it definitely snowed before the game, maybe overnight, but they had the the weather, uh, the snow cleared. And if there's any place that's good at clearing out snow, it would be Green Bay <laughs> with Where Bay. they maybe had some of their fans and shareholders maybe volunteer the morning of in their uh, hunting gear <laughs> uh, to make sure it was a, a decent playing field at Lambeau on Sunday.
1: Yeah, if they want their shares to be more valuable, you got to come out and you got to shovel and and make the game playable. Uh let's look at some college football bets. Have our college football picks of the weekend. Um and if you want more college football picks than even the ones on the podcast, we did a college football roundtable at watchstadium.com that you can go to and see all of our picks and Kate Constable's and Alex's picks, so p- a bunch of picks there. And the pick that I gave out Nate was UCLA. Minus three. That's going to be my first best bet for the weekend. UCLA minus three at USC, uh and the reasons that I put there was just USC's just banged up. You know that Keaton Slovis has been hurt. Drake London is going to be out. Their best wide receiver. uh This just seems like a team that it won't be able to hang with UCLA. And Chip Kelly's not coaching for his job or anything like that, but he's definitely coaching. I don't know if he wants to stay in UCLA long term. So I think this is like one of those games where he's like, I got to win the rival. Gotta look good towards the end of the season. If I wanna make a jump to a different team somewhere, um, it just seems like all the signs, not even statistics wise, but just the signs of looking towards how much more this game means to one team or the other, it's UCLA for sure. I think USC's just kind of done with the season, injury-wise. I know they're playing for a bowl game, but I just don't know if they even have it in them to beat a team that is talented like UCLA. And UCLA is a heavy-run team, and and USC is not a great-run defense, if we're talking statistics-wise. So, minus three, give me the field goal UCLA. I think they win this game.
0: Yeah, and USC has had a lame-duck coaching staff for the last eight weeks, and this is the time of year now that the coaching carousel is really moving in college football that some of the assistant coaches – know that they won't be back in L.A. next year. So they're reaching out to see if they can maybe jump on someone else's staff or try to figure out where they're going to be coaching next year. So I don't think they're fully focused in terms of game planning for individual games at USC anymore. And I think it's shown a little bit this season. I think late in the year that's a strong angle because why prepare for a game when you have two games left the program when you want to know where you're going to be working next year and try to make those connections and phone calls uh, during the week. So I like that pick. I'll do my one college football best bet on Wednesday show. I definitely hinted at it. It was a hangover game and it was fading the Baylor Bears against Kansas State. Baylor off the storm of the field win against Oklahoma. I was really excited on sat last Saturday when I saw that they were playing Kansas State in this game because I knew the spread would be reasonable. And I know Kansas State a well coached team. They're on a four game win streak. It's just an ultimate letdown spot for Baylor off the Oklahoma win where it was a win, and then there was also some drama at the end where Baylor kicked the last-second field goal when they didn't need to, and Dave Aranda said that was for uh, point differential because that's one of the Big 12 tiebreakers. So I think they were caught up in that drama a little bit. And also the travel spot, going from Waco, Texas, to Manhattan, Kansas, not the easiest travel. It's a pretty far trip, even for Big 12 standards. So I like Kansas State. Minus one is what we're going to grade it at for best bet purposes. I'm personally just going to bet the money line. I saw minus 115 because I don't want to give out like the money line because it could be minus 120 or minus 125. I'll just say minus one, Kansas State, is the best bet for uh,
1: college football, B12. So for my next best bet, Nate, it's uh, we're going deep into college college football teams. I'm going to North Texas. Uh, they are minus 10 on the road against FIU, and I I think this line is just a little too low. I don't think enough people have been paying attention to it enough for it to move a ton, but I think FIU is going to get blown out by more than 10, uh, and you look at their schedule and the teams that they have played that they have lost to are a lot worse than North Texas. Some are a bit better, but usually they just get blown out by Decent to bad teams. Um, you know, they lost by 40 last week against middle Tennessee. They, and and they're usually underdogs by double digits and they can't even cover when they're underdogs in double digits. They got blown out by Marshall 38 to nothing. Uh, Western Kentucky 34 19. So they, they lose by much more than just 10 to a lot of these teams. Um, their coach, Butch Davis is, is done at the end of the season. He's been talking about. How the pro uh, school has been sabotaging the football program. So there's been just issues galore with the football program in general. I think he's just done with the team. I, I don't know. I don't see a reason why he would be coaching with any effort or purpose at this point in time. Um, and I think maybe because the line is just a little bit lower than expected because FIU is the home team, but even then they are, they're just bad. They're, they've lost almost all of their games this season. I, I don't really know why it's only minus 10. Um, so I'm going to take North Texas minus 10. I think they can win by 15 to 20 points. Yeah, I think you're correct that no one is talking about the situation going down in South Florida
0: with FIU, especially with a busy coaching carousel we've had. We know Washington fired Jimmy Lake on Sunday, Monday morning, wake up, Justin Fuente out the door at Virginia Tech. So everyone's focusing on maybe those teams having a rally or a one game bump off firing a coach. Um, especially like team like Virginia Tech, who just fired Fuente after six seasons and they're playing Miami. I know Alex Simmons in the roundtable gave out Virginia Tech money line as his favorite long shot money line bet, but no one is talking about what's going on with FIU. So that's kind of an no. under the radar thing. And the information that you have and you shared about him doesn't sound like it's going to be a, a good breakup, a little bit messy. It's not like a mutualing party of ways or not really sure. I know Butch, uh, Butch is like kind of a legend down there after coaching. Them the University of Miami a long time ago so I think he's kind of done his what he's needed to do in in college football and maybe he's upset that uh, he's getting pushed out the door or whatever but yeah that's a good angle. I'm not sure how FIU responds to that.
1: Yeah and they're they're two and four against the spread when they are double digit underdogs. So the stats are also in the favor of, uh, of the mean green. So that's my other best bet is North Texas minus 10 along with the UCLA minus3 for college football. All right, let's go to
0: my secondary best bet. It's not a best bet. It's just set my favorite college football pick, I guess, is not a best bet, and I wrote about it in the college football roundtable as my second answer for another bet I like, and it's going to take the Oregon State Beavers plus the three. It's still a plus three against Arizona State. Last week, Arizona State went to Washington and needed a dramatic comeback in the fourth quarter, scoring uh, 21 points very quickly to <coughs> – Beat Washington, a Washington team that had a suspended head coach that they fired the next day. Now we have to go back on the road for Herm Edwards' team and back to that part of the country, which is a very far trip from Tempe, Arizona, for a late start. It's the 9:30 Central, 7:30 Pacific, 10:30 Eastern, Pac-12 after dark. So I guess this could qualify as an attractive underdog in like the late night window uh, if you're. uh trying to chase but i actually don't think this is a really solid bet on oregon state plus three just wanting to fade arizona state off a pretty uninspiring performance plus a tough travel spot in oregon state kind of a a perfect home team to back because they're an underdog in this situation but they have a pretty solid offense and they're going to have a very strong home crowd with this being one of the prime time slots in the west coast so i like oregon state plus three on saturday night
1: I'm going to do an under San Diego state UNLV under 41. It's uh, it's definitely a low total in this game, but it's for a pretty good reason. Both these teams just usually do not score a ton of points. And UNLV's offense, Nate is just terrible. I think they have one of, if not the worst offense in the nation, in terms of total yards, the number I see is 119th in the country in total yards a game. So they uh they do not move the ball well they score 20 points a game roughly and San Diego State's defense is above average is top 20 defense they give up 17 points a game so i don't know if UNLV can crack that 20 point mark and i don't know how many points San Diego State can re- can realistically score they're not a terrific offense either they tend to be uh slow moving they they turn the ball over a decent amount as well so i, I just think the under I, I think we see a a score of, you know, 17, 14 or 20 to 20 to 17, something like that. Um, I know San Diego state is, is favored by 10 and a half. That's a little high for the line for me. I think San Diego state should win, but I think the under is, is more of a better bet here, even though with that uh, low total of 41.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned UNLV's offense is bad. I think on Wednesday show, we kind of, I had a little bit of a shot at Mario Cristobal for wasting Justin Herbert two years ago. Uh, the offensive coordinator of that Oregon team was Marcus Arroyo, who is currently the head coach at UNLV. So I think that just shows how badly Oregon wasted Justin Herbert a few years ago, (laughs) who was an elite quarterback, had a record-breaking rookie year last year. I know it was in a little bit of a slump with the Chargers right now, but you have Justin Herbert, a pick like that, and, uh... Marcus Arroyo somehow got the UNLV job, um, and their offense, as you mentioned, is not good. And that's why we're seeing it's a total of 41 in a game where they're a double-digit underdog.
1: Yeah, not great. Um, you have one more, college football? Yeah,
0: it, it's something I considered. I wasn't sure how I wanted to bet the game between Vanderbilt and Ole Miss. We talked about how it was a sandwich game for Ole Miss with the win at our home against AM last week. And then they had the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night against Mississippi State. So this was a kind of a tough situation situationally against Vanderbilt. But Vanderbilt, not a good enough team to back against the spread at plus, even at plus 36.5. And I kind of got confirmation. Kate Constable wrote about it. It's her second favorite bet in the college football roundtable, and it's the under in this game at 64-and-a-half. And and it's basically betting against Ole Miss's offense to meet expectations in this game, because I don't think Vanderbilt's going to do too much of their part uh, in this particular game. So like Vanderbilt, under against Ole Miss, 64-and-a-half. That probably just missed the cut as the best bet, but Kate did a good job covering that
1: in our article um, on watchstadium.com. All right, so I have two more, kind of two and a half more, um, and I think I have to dip my hand into the Indiana football pool one more time, Nate. And I have I've stayed away from betting them for the most part this season, just because of how bad they have been. But I think plus seven at home against Minnesota is a little too many points to be giving Indiana, and I. I, I hope I don't regret saying it, but I, I just think this is an Indiana team, and Alex loves talking about it in the article, but it's a it's a throw everything, throw the sink in, just throw everything at Minnesota for IU. They got nothing left to lose. It's a lost season. They're not going to make a bowl game. Tom Allen knows he's going to have to make some changes over the offseason. season so you might as well just throw everything at minnesota at this point you know you got you got nothing to lose and when they're playing at home as a long underdog indiana just has in the past couple years they've had this te- tendency to overplay their hand and to to play better than people think so if you're really bold i would go indiana money line maybe we'll sprinkle some cash on uh on the money line for indiana i think it's like plus 250 or something like that but i do kind of like plus 7 against minnesota i i don't i've been betting minnesota this year nate and i don't know if i trust them on the road as a seven point favorite against most teams in the big 10 and i know indiana has been bad but i think i have to take iu plus seven here um and then iowa state plus four if that gets to plus four right now it's at plus three and a half but i do like iowa state as an underdog um even though it's against oklahoma that's like that's iowa State spot right it's it's the underdog against a really good team yeah. in the big 12 If it gets to plus four, I really like it. It's at plus three and a half, so maybe wait to see if you get some late Oklahoma money. But Iowa State plus four I think is a good bet, and then uh, IU plus seven.
0: Yeah, Iowa State, Oklahoma was a game I, I mentioned on Monday's show that I did, and I said that Oklahoma opened, I believe, six or six and a half, and Iowa State took a lot of early money, and I think that was situational with Oklahoma, not sure where their mindset is after that loss to Baylor and kind of their playoff chances, maybe kind of slipping away. They probably controlled their own fate before that game. When they even at number eight in the playoff poll, they had some big games coming up, including this one. So now I think you just don't have to worry about Oklahoma. And if they th- actually have belief that they can get back in this playoff race, they definitely could get back in the, in the big 12 race, but the big 12 titles aren't going to cut it at Oklahoma. They need playoff appearances to meet their expectations. So I'll be rooting for you, I guess, but those two bets with Indiana and Iowa State won't personally make my, uh, my betting ticket or account.
1: Yeah, they're, they're a bit risky. That's why they're definitely not best bets. But I do, if, if I have to pick one I feel more confident, Nate, uh, I think it would be Indiana at, uh, plus seven. <laughs> Amazingly. I, I, I'm really trying to like look uh, at this impartially yeah. and, and see like Indiana's been god awful. They can't oh. score a touchdown, but home, long underdogs. That's that's Indiana. They just they play hard for some reason in that spot.
0: And you don't have to preface it with being impartial because last week you were on Rutgers and that was a rocking chair winner. So you're fine yeah. with betting on your team. You're fine with betting against your team. And at the end of the day, it's all about the value and the money. It's
1: not about uh, betting with your heart. That's true. That's true. If it's going to make me money, I'll bet against IU. (laughs) That's fine. Uh, Let's go with some NFL picks, Nate. And you have a best bet in the NFL, so uh, you can start us off. Yeah, it's the best
0: bet I gave out on Wednesday at Washington football team plus three. After we recorded the show, it went back to plus three and a half, so... Better than that number, but I already gave it out a plus three for grading purposes. So, not great job by me, kind of bad timing by <laughs> me, but hopefully it won't matter. Hopefully, Washington just wins the game straight up. And pretty simple here. It's fading Cam Newton in his first start. It looks like he's going to, uh, he's got the first team reps at practice, and I'm guessing he'll have a bigger role if he doesn't start the whole game. But I think this, there was a big line adjustment in this game through the three because of Cam starting. It's also fading Carolina off a really good performance against the Cardinals team that is obviously has a great record, but it seems like last week they kind of threw away that game. Um, they didn't start Kyler Murray. They made DeAndre Hopkins inactive. It seemed like a game where they were just kind of not a throwaway, but they were thinking more long-term, especially with a game at Seattle this week and some other big games coming up as they try to win that division. It's also betting on Ron Rivera against his former quarterback and playing against a former team that he coached for nine years. It's also betting on the Washington football team who I hope their offense can continue to positively regress like they did last week against the Buccaneers in three games before the bye week before the Buccaneers game. They had a lot of red zone trips that turned out empty, specifically that game against the Packers that I unfortunately watched every snap of. But I think Washington (laughs) will be able to move the football and if they can have a little bit more success in the red zone, they'll have a great shot at winning this football game. So Washington football team, it's back at plus three now, so let's just say plus three, but make sure to try to get plus three and a half. Bet this early, because I think on Sunday this is going to go down to plus three, maybe even some two and a half in some spots.
1: I'm Colts plus seven uh, as a bet I think I'm going to be looking to make. Uh, The interesting stat that I saw this week, Nate, was the Bills have up to this point have played the easiest strength of schedule in the entire NFL. Um, so when I saw that, there was like little bells going off in my head thinking, well, once they start playing a decently good opponent, they might struggle just a little bit. I don't know if they're going to lose, but covering a touchdown against a pretty decent Colts team seems a little bit more difficult when you consider all the teams that they've played have been much easier to play than the Colts. So, I'm a little worried about Carson Wentz against the Buffalo passing defense, which is really good this season. But other than that, I I think the Colts should be able to cover. Buffalo is a tough environment. As we talked about in the weather report, it's going to be really crappy weather, um, which I think favors the run game for the Colts, which which has a really good run game. So I I think the Colts can stay in it. I think they can cover a touchdown spread. So I'm probably going to bet Colts plus seven. Yeah, outside of
0: that Week Five win by the Bills against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, which was clearly their all-in game effort that they were fully focused on after losing to that team twice, including in the AFC Title game, the quarterbacks that they've been to a Tonga twice. I guess Tonga got hurt in the first game, and then was Jacoby Brissett. So not not like that's not better. Uh, <laughs> and then the other three: Taylor Heineke, Davis Mills, and Mike White last week. Yeah. They also lost to the Jaguars. So I think the fact that the Bills beating the Jets doesn't indicate that they're fully back. Maybe that they're going to hit their stride eventually, kind of like they did last year, where they really turned it on the second half of the year. But I, I, I like the idea of betting the Colts. They're in contest consideration for me. Probably will have a small bet on them at plus seven or plus seven and a half, just kind of waiting on some injury stuff with them I know that some of their star players Darius Leonard linebacker their defensive tackle DeForest Buckner both playing with injuries and also some injuries on the offensive line where Quinn Nelson who's a big part of that run game with Jonathan Taylor and opening holes for him he's playing with an injury so a little bit worried about the health situation for the Colts which is something they've been dealing with all season but for me at this number I, I have to bet the Colts or at least a small bet on the Colts at
1: seven or better. Now, you like the Vikings in both the teaser and with the spread?
0: Yes. So maybe not the spread anymore because when we talked about this game, they were plus 2.5, and, and now they're okay. plus 1, plus one 1.5. So yeah. maybe if you still like the Vikings, um, maybe the money line would be the way to go at plus money. Uh, I wouldn't advocate a bet. I If it got to plus 3, Vikings definitely would have been a best bet for me. But now I like the Vikings here. Um just a regular bet i do have a pretty big teaser play with them and the saints two teams that i think are going to play close games where they won't be decided by more than a possession and both games where i like the unders and we saw a big move on the under in packers vikings yesterday from 49 and a half to 47 so i like the fact that The totals going down, which makes the teaser even more valuable because there's less chance of a lot of points and less variance in the game. And then pairing them with the Saints at plus seven and a half or plus eight in terms of teasing it up six points against the Eagles. A game where I just think it's going to be decided by one possession either way, maybe a field goal either way. Can't pick a side Probably lean the Saints if I had to. Um, I'm actually rooting for the Eagles, though, to win the game by like one to seven points just because of some preseason bets that I made against the Saints. But Viking Saints teaser is something that still stands out to me, along with the Vikings on the money line, if you're late to the party. But I think the Vikings are going to probably be the favorite by this time this game kicks off on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. And all season long, you've been on the Vikings in specific times, and this has been a really good time because yeah. that line has moved in your favor.
0: I guess I could say why I like the Vikings, but they're 4-5. and five. But if you look at some of the results, I guess, they are a few plays away from maybe being 6-3 and three and 7-2. And, and I know you can say that with a lot of teams, and maybe that's a flawed way to to say it, and maybe that's just kind of like an issue with the Vikings, where they get conservative or – the coaching or they haven't figured out the kicker situation, which is all things that are possible. But if the Vikings are six and three or seven and two in this game, like they could be, then this line is much different. They're not an underdog in this game against the Packers team where I'm not like really wanting to fade the Packers, I guess, but I think this is kind of a spot for them where they could struggle a little bit, especially the fact that last week they closed minus three at home against the Seahawks. And then at this week, they were as high as plus two and a half, maybe plus three at one point for a little bit against the Vikings in Minnesota. The difference between the Seahawks and the Vikings is minimal. They're probably the same. And That's also assuming that Russell Wilson's healthy. So I think there's a ton of value on the Vikings early in the week. Some of that is extracted right now. But Minnesota, definitely a side I'm going to use in my contest, along with the Washington football team and then maybe the Colts, and then maybe the next team you're going to talk about, which is an ugly underdog, but it's, uh, yeah. it's a bet I endorse.
1: It's a, it's an ugly underdog weekend for me, apparently, Nate. I'm taking IU, and I'm going to take, I think, the Houston Texans. Not a best bet for me just because I, I can't in good conscience make a best bet on the Houston Texans this season, but I do kind of like them at plus 10. If you can find the Texans at plus 10, I think that is a pretty good number. Tyrod Taylor is coming back. The Titans have had their time in the sun. They have looked good. I think that time is is not about to come to an end, per se. I think they still win this game. I just don't know if it's by 10 or more points. Against the Texans team, Nate, that has showed that they do have some fight in them. Um, And now with Tyrod Taylor coming back, I think that fight can be legitimized into at least covering a double-digit spread. Um, I, I think they can take advantage of a Titans team without... Derrick Henry, they really haven't shown to slow down too much without him. Um, but the Houston defense at times can be tough. Um so I, I I think they can cover this. And it's really tough to get behind the Texans and to really make a case for for a Houston Texans team that has just been meh for this whole season. But I think this is a point where they can cover double digits against a Titans team that has had it too good for too long. Give me the Houston Texans plus ten with Tyrod Taylor.
0: I agree with you. And even though the Titans have won their last two games without Derrick Henry, if you look at some of the uh, box scores that their offense has struggled since they lost him, I know a lot of people say running backs don't matter, but for a player like him, he does matter not just for running the ball and how bruising of a runner he is, but it also helps the play action game for the Titans when there's a threat for the run and helps AJ Brown and Ryan Tannehill. So It's a big number to cover against a team off the bye within the division, starting their better quarterback. In the article I wrote on Watch Stadium on Thursday, I said one of the reasons I was uncomfortable betting on the Texans is the last time they played, they closed, I think, plus three and a half after Jacoby Brissett was ruled in for the Dolphins. And that opened like plus seven, and they lost by eight. So they didn't cover any number yet the Texans forced five turnovers and they still couldn't cover any number that got as high as yeah. seven. So this team's just talentless, but the situation <laughs> about, I, so basically I want to fade Tennessee. I don't love betting on the Texans, but I I'd have to consider them a double digit. So I agree with you there, Ben, and
1: I'll definitely have a bet on the Texans before Sunday. Yeah. Don't bet lower than double digits. Uh, I, I've seen some nine and a half. So I just wouldn't risk it. Yeah. Um, at the very least, maybe you can get a push. And, you know, a push with the Texans is is honestly a win at that point. <laughs> <laughs> let's do uh let's do attractive underdogs. We have one in college football, a couple in the NFL. Uh Nebraska. That's that's a popular pick. That was a popular pick in our run uh, rundown or round excuse me, for watchstadium.com. They were uh, they were the popular pick against Wisconsin.
0: Yeah, Kate also had it. I have it. Plus two eighty is the number that it looks like right now. Basically, my angle on this is Nebraska, they're not bowl eligible. They lost their seventh game the last time they were out. But over the bye, Scott Frost got that job security. He got the, not I wouldn't say a contract extension, but they said he's coming back for 2022. And now they have two games ahead of them against Wisconsin and Iowa, two teams that are ranked, two of the better teams in the Big Ten West. So I think they're going to handle these games almost like bowl games. We're going to they're going to be very focused. They want to see where they stack up for the 2022 season against two of the better teams in that division. The total is 42, so that's asking a lot Wisconsin's offense to cover a number. And I think if Nebraska, a team that is better than their three and seven record, can play one of their best games, and I'm hoping off a of buy, it is one of their best games that they'll be able to hang within this point spread at plus nine and a half. And they have enough talent to win a game like this if so it gets really ugly and it kind of comes down to the final possession, even though they lose a lot of close games. So Nebraska, at the price, plus 280, attractive underdog for me.
1: All right, one of the NFL attractive underdogs, which I think I may actually make a bet on. And I think I messed up by not putting it in my NFL bet. but I, I like the Cowboys. I like the Cowboys yeah, co- as an underdog.
0: Definitely. Cowboys are plus two and a half. I like, I think it's just a fade of the Chiefs and the idea at their back just because they played the Raiders and the Raiders team I don't think too highly of. So I like the Cowboys. Plus two and a half I'm going to use in contest for sure, unless there's some kind of injury news. If it does get to plus three, it'll be a very strong bet on the Cowboys, even though the game does have a high total. I just think Dallas' offense is going to have a lot of success here against the Chiefs defense. That maybe is not as bad as we think, or the perception is, but Dallas' offense, especially now adding that third wide receiver threat with Michael Gallup, is kind of clicking on all cylinders. And I really like Dallas here at an underdog price, where you could argue this line should be a pick or even Dallas, a small favorite. So I like Dallas here. Another one, same time, uh, 425 Eastern, and pretty much the same point spread currently, but it definitely could move, is the... Seahawks hosting the Arizona Cardinals. And right now the Cardinals, two, two and a half point favorite. A lot of that is determined if Kyler Murray is going to play. If Murray does play, I am going to be betting on the Seahawks more than likely, especially if it gets to plus three. The total in this game has gone down. And Murray is coming off an ankle injury where I'm not sure if he, even if he plays, he'll be 100%. And when he's not 100%, his mobility is limited, which makes him an effective quarterback and has made him such a, a dangerous threat, I guess, for opposing defenses. So I like the Seahawks as long as they're an underdog and Murray plays. If he doesn't play, then I would look towards the Cardinals and Colt McCoy if the Cardinals were like plus three. So I like the underdog basically and whoever in that Seahawks-Cardinals game, but I'm hoping Murray plays because I do like the Seahawks in a game that they really need at three and six if they want to stay in the NFL, NFC wild card race, playoff picture. And then Sunday Night Football – wanted to talk about this because we didn't talk about it on Wednesday, and it's a primetime game between the Steelers and the Chargers. And my philosophy for that game is similar to the Seahawks-Cardinals, where I want the backup to start to bet on a certain team. So I guess I want the starter to start to bet on the Seahawks, but I want to bet on the Steelers in the underdog role. If I can get, like, plus seven with Mason Rudolph as Ben Roethlisberger – Doesn't look like he's going to play, if you read the market, at plus six, plus five and a half right now. Or the Charger Mm -hmm. favored by five and a half or six. So if Rudolph is out, it gets the plus seven. I'm going to probably take a stab, at least, in the Pittsburgh Steelers. If Roethlisberger somehow does play, and by the time you listen to this, you'll probably know by now, um, the Steelers, I would guess, would go down to like plus four and a half, and I would have no interest in betting on Pittsburgh and that number because I don't think the difference between Mason Rudolph and Ben Roethlisberger is that much in this year of 2021. So I know that might Damn, be a hot stake, but like, last, That's week, an when insult. The, last week I bet the lines a plus eight and a half. We talked about an attractive underdog, and when I saw that news on Saturday that Roethlisberger was on the COVID list and Mason Rudolph would start – and I saw the line trickle down to, like, six, six and a half. It got down to five and a half. I ended up betting Steelers minus five and a half trying to middle that game because I don't think the difference between Roethlisberger and Rudolph is more than, like, a point and a half, maybe two points. And through the key number, I couldn't pass up that chance to uh, to try to middle the game just with how I think about Ben Roethlisberger. So, yeah. That's my handicap of the Sunday night football game, where if it's Rudolph and plus seven, we'll bet the Steelers. If it doesn't get to plus seven, maybe wait, that's nothing live. But the Steelers always do better when they're the underdog. We bet them when they're against them, when they're favorites, when they're an underdog. Mike Tomlin usually can motivate his defense and his team to play their best effort, especially in prime time in a game in L.A. where there's probably going to be like, 75 percent Steelers fan and that might be generous to the Chargers
1: what is the brunch time winner for this weekend Nate we have the game that instead of first quarter it's first half but first half under what first half under game looks uh, enticing this weekend
0: yeah early in the year we started first quarter there were some mixed results Realized that it's better to go first half because there's a little bit more margin of error in case there's a really quick score off a turnover. And the first half have mm-hmm. been doing great. I know last week we won. I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, it was a, was it? No. I, oh, it was the Steelers Lions, Steelers Lions, yeah. 21 and a half. I don't think that number was available after Rudolph was named the starter still went under the, the first half total. Um, no matter what number you got it at. So let's get this number early. Once you hear this, bet it, especially because I want plus or I want under 21 and a half between the Saints and the Eagles. And I think it's just something where when the Saints have Trevor Simeon at quarterback, it's a very conservative start. And the Eagles have become a very heavy run team over the last few weeks, which has worked for them because it's not asking Jalen Hurts to make a lot of plays which is i think is a good thing for them so i think we're going to get a conservative start here saint eagles first half under 21 and a half you can bet it at 21 maybe a smaller bet but 21 and a half is a number that i really want to make this bet
1: yeah i like it i think that i, I don't trust any of either of those teams offenses really really a ton so i'm all in on that um I do have one NBA best bet that I wanted to give out for tonight, Nate. And that is DeMontis Sabonis over 16 and a half points. His point total has been hovering around 15, 16 the past couple of games. He went really over that point total a couple of games ago. Last game, um, Thursday night's game, he had 15 and his point total was 15 and a half. So he just missed it by half a point. Um, and they just looked terrible in that game. So tonight they play the uh, the Hornets on the road in Charlotte um i think sabonis gets over 16 and a half points charlotte is one of the worst defending teams in the nba they give up um i believe they give up the most points per game in the nba yeah they do 113 points a game they give up so i think sabonis can more than cover that 16 and a half points i think he can get 17 18 and i think because the pacers have been losing a couple past games he has to take it upon himself and score some points and and that's usually what he does so i can see a 20 point night from sabonis tonight against the hornets so I'm taking over sixteen and a half points. It's like minus one fifteen, so it's really not super juiced. It's it's at a pretty good number. Um, so that's going to be my uh, NBA best bet for you, Nate.
0: Sounds good. Uh, I got nothing in the NBA, but uh, maybe I'll I'll tail that if I if I remember. I'm a little
1: overwhelmed. <laughs> You're focused with- on NFL.
0: Yeah, I made all my college bets yesterday. I got them all into the accounts for the most part. I'll probably make some Saturday morning bets, but. Uh, NFL today, just kind of trying to figure out the best numbers and uh, look at these last second injury reports or last final injury reports before the Sunday games.
1: Yeah, I like it. And uh, before we go to a schedule update for the show... Uh, next week because it is thanksgiving we will be off on friday but we will be having our shows on monday and on wednesday and wednesday of course we'll be giving our picks for the thanksgiving games and the college football games on thanksgiving and for some games um, over the weekend as well so made excited about that two shows next week but wednesday is going to be a lot of picks
0: yeah, definitely. And Monday will be a regular show where we'll look at some of the line movements and early moves, especially. I think there could be some interesting ones. College football last week, the regular season, a lot of rivalry games, a lot of games that have a lot of impact on the college football playoff Air bowl games with teams, maybe like five wins, looking for that, uh, that six win. And then Monday night football, not the best game, but we'll have a preview for it. Giants at Buccaneers.
1: All right. So that'll do it for us today. Good luck this weekend. And we will see you back here on Monday.